this, we found out what, God, what Jesus says about us, and we are a child of God. If you were not here last week, um, we learned last week through Scripture who Jesus says we are. We are a child of God. And tonight what I want to do with you guys is I want to give you an opportunity. We're going to look at this age-old question of why are we here? Because I believe this is one of the most important questions that we'll have to answer at some point in our life. And I, like we talked about last week, with you guys as teenagers trying to figure out what your identity is while you're going through high school, trying to get a foundation that you can stand on when life gets shaky and you don't know what's going on and everything around you is falling apart. What does God say about me is important. And on that foundation of who God is and that we are children of God, and if we believe who Jesus is, we allow him to speak into our life. It's like we talked about at FCA at Campbell County High School today. God can say everything about me that is correct. I believe who Jesus is. Jesus speaks into my life, but I've got to receive those words. You could tell me that I'm a wonderful person, but if I don't believe you and I don't receive that, it doesn't land anywhere. I have to believe by faith what Jesus says about me is true. And tonight, we've got to believe by faith what God says about what our purpose is and why we are here is true. And it's by faith that we accept these things and we live this out. So I'm going to have you guys turn to your tables real quick. I've got a question for you. And then I'm going to get into the message here in just a moment. If you turn to your table, I want to know your opinion. Because listen, look at me, high school students. Look at me. You have no idea how much I believe in you guys. And your opinion matters to me. And I believe your opinion matters to your teachers, your folks, your coaches. That's why we ask. Now, you might not get your way, your way all the time. When you give your opinion, doesn't mean that I'm going to act on it, but I do appreciate it, and I do respect your opinion. You guys are smart. So tonight, I'm going to challenge you. Be extremely vulnerable at your table. And I mean extremely vulnerable. And I want you to answer this question, two of them. In your opinion, why were you born, or what were you born for? Turn your tables, talk about that for a couple minutes, and we'll come back here in a second.
Okay, if we can turn our attention back to the front of the room real quick. Hey, by the way, just so you guys know, <clears throat> I'm no, I'm, I, this is more for the students that come here on a Wednesday night and are not able to make it. We're actually recording the messages now on podcast. So if you guys have this on podcast, you can go to Apple Podcasts, you can go to Spotify, you can go to Google Podcast, or you can go to High Plains. Just search High Plains Community Church, and then you'll find the inside out messages there. So if you guys want, you miss a week and we're in the middle of a series or something, or you got a friend you think might be, it might help them and they don't come, the message, not the whole night, but the message portion of the evening will be on podcast. I'm going to test it for a while, see how it goes, see if it's useful for you guys. If it's not, we'll take it down because it's not like I want to be world famous, but I do want to be able to help you guys because I know you're busy. And I know you can't make it every week, so it will be on podcast coming up in the few, or it actually started a couple weeks ago, so, okay, here was my purpose. When I was your age, you want to know what my purpose was? I had no clue why I was born. I had no idea why I was here. I had no clue what Christ was all about. I had no idea about church, youth group. I was a lost ball in tall weeds. If I could say my purpose was in junior high, her name was Lisa. That was my purpose, was a girl. When I got to high school, my purpose was, see, when I moved, I moved from Billings, Montana, or from Orange County, California, about 30 miles from Disneyland, to Billings, Montana, six miles out of town. So I went from Los Angeles, California, to Billings, six miles out of town is where we lived. So I felt like I was on the moon. And I remember, I played Pop Warner football when I was in California, and I wasn't, like, bad at it. I wasn't a superstar. But I got to Billings, Montana. I was in the ninth grade, went to Lewis and Clark Junior High, and I thought, I'm going to try out for football. I'm brand new to town. Didn't know anybody. I didn't know up from down. I didn't have any spiritual back. I was a mess. So I tried out for football. Now watch this. Gavin, stand up real quick, will you? Stand up. So you see Gavin? You see me? You think I want to play football against him? You're crazy. I went in the locker room. Thanks. Have a seat. I went in the locker room, and I remember thinking to myself, what do they feed these guys around here? I was 140 pounds soaking wet, and I'm like, it was horrible. So I could tell you I knew what my purpose wasn't. Football. I knew what else my purpose wasn't. Basketball. Baseball. Wrestling. Soccer. I had a lot of things I knew was not my purpose, but I didn't know what my purpose was. My purpose, I talked about the girl last week, Carol, a little red-haired girl that I dated when I was in high school. She was probably my purpose. And I would spend every waking minute with her simply, what a horrible, simply for the reason I wouldn't be alone. Girls, that's a good reason to date a guy. So he's not alone. But that was how lost I was when I was in high school. So for you guys to have the, the camaraderie and the fellowship that you guys have in youth group and having some sort of a Christian idea of what this life looks like, you have no idea, look at me, you have no idea how precious this thing is that you have called your faith. Because when I was your age, I didn't have it. And I was lost. I was a stoner. I was partying. If I had any purpose at all, it was to find the next place to go to a party. Kegers, smoking drugs, whatever it looked like, I was in the middle of it. Be, and it wasn't, look at me, it wasn't because I was a bad guy. I would have been considered a nice kid. I really would have. I wasn't rotten. I was a nice guy. But I was lost. And I didn't have any foundation to stand on at all whatsoever. And I pray tonight as I go through this briefly that you guys understand, like we talked about with last week, the first week was we found out who God is. We find out who Jesus is. And then we realize and we accept by faith what he says about me, that I'm a child of God. And tonight, I really want you guys to get the simplicity 
of what the gospel really is because it is very simple to start and then from there we build our lives out. So the very first top, the very first point that I've got is why are we, why am I alive? So where do we find the answer to this question basically is what I've got here. There's certain areas, there's a couple of different areas, arenas that you can actually go search out this question, answers, if you will, to this question. The first one is the mystical approach to life, new ageism. It's this, look within yourself and find your purpose. Okay, Dan Knust, when you were in high school, if I looked within myself and found my purpose, it would scare you. This has scared me. But new ageism, the mystical part of this is going to be, the world is going to tell you, you look inside yourself. You'll find you if you look inside yourself. Well, they're right. But think about this. When you look inside yourself, do you find you or do you find Christ? When you look within, what do you find? That's the mystical approach, the self-help approach. And I have read a gazillion self-help books, just so you guys know. The self-help approach is you get to decide. Dream big, set goals, shoot for the stars, and never give up. That's great advice. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that advice. But it's not going to provide the answers as to why I'm here. That is, go, you guys look at me, dream big, chase life, do wonderful things, serve, go shoot for the stars. And never, look at me, you never give up and you never give in and you never stop. I want you guys to know that that's okay, but you're not going to find the answer to why am I here within that. Life is more than acquiring possessions, power, and pleasure. There's more to life than acquiring things. You can attain tons of success and still be empty. I was 38 years old when I found the Lord. And I was very, very, very successful at what I did for a career. More successful than what I should have been. But I was still empty. And I still did not have the answer to why I was here. And in the midst of reading self-help books and doing all the things that people would tell you would be the right thing, I was still lost. The psychology, the psychological approach. Josh Heller, who wrote the book Catch-22, said it this way. I have no answer to the meaning of life, and I no longer want to search for any purpose. I believe you watch, look at me, you watch adults and I believe there's more adults that live right there. They've tried like crazy to find a million meaning of life, and they finally just gave up because they were tired of looking for it. Another guy, Josh Campbell, he's a mythologist. He says it this way, you, now listen, you, remember we've been talking about not how to live selflessly and not selfishly? These people would tell you, you bring the meaning to life. The meaning of life is whatever you ascribe it to be. Be alive, being alive is the meaning to life. It's up to you. Listen to what he says. It is a waste of time to, ask, to be asking the question when you are the answer. It's all about you. Remember, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. It's living life selflessly is where it changes, not selfishly. Because I promise you, if you live your life selfishly and you're married and you have kids down the road, selfish, selfish isn't going to work. Selflessly will work. So the biblical, here's an atheist. I, read, I was reading online the other day and I found this atheist guy. He says this, unless you assume the existence of a God, the quest for the meaning of life and the purpose of life is irrelevant. So in other words, unless you believe that there's a God, the meaning of life and the purpose of life is irrelevant. Go live your life. Do whatever you want because there's, no, there's nobody to be accountable to other than yourself. And when you get tired of doing something, you can just change and go do something else you want to do. 
Because it's all about you is what the world's going to teach you. Now listen to the biblical approach. So according to the Bible, why are we alive and why did God create us? You'll see in your notes that it says life without purpose is absolutely pointless. And listen, God does nothing that is pointless. You are not an accident. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. God does nothing that is pointless. It is important to understand that God does not need us. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need anything from his creation. He created us in a way unlike the animals. See, but I look at my dog, Gracie. I love my dog. She's got a great personality, but she does not know Jesus. She has no concept of who Christ is. No concept of who's... The only thing she's got a concept of is she loves me because I feed her. <laughs> she's a great dog. I love my dog my heart. She's got a wonderful personality, but she was not created with the ability to know God. God created us so we could understand that. And we have, there's nothing else we need other than to know that he is God. He created us in a way that is unlike the animals with the ability to know God, to love him, to worship him, to serve him, and to spend time in fellowship with him. For in him all things were created, all things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or power or rulers or authority, all things have been created through him and for him. Colossians 1.16. All things have been created through him and for him. Look around the room. You were created through him and for him. You want to know why you're here or why, you, why am I alive? You were created for him, for his pleasure and for his purpose. Being his pleasure does not mean that we're here for his entertainment. We're not here for God's entertainment. He does not need us to keep him amused but he created us for his pleasure. Now think about that. I often pray before I come up and share a message that, Lord, I offer myself to you as a, sac as a living sacrifice, as Romans 12, 1 tells us to do. And then I, I say to God, I said, I, I take this message that you've laid upon my heart that I've done the best I can to my ability to put some thought together for the high school kids. I offer it to him and I, I pray that it's a sweet aroma to him. Is your life a sweet aroma to Christ? Are you, a, are you pleasing to, to the one who created you? These are the things I want you guys to ponder tonight. God is also a personal being, and it gives him pleasure to know you, to have a genuine relationship with his creation. That's why, think about it. Back in the garden, when he created Adam and Eve, he fellowshiped with him and them in the garden until the fall. See, we get the fellowship with Christ through the Holy Spirit in our heart now, but God created you to fellowship with you. That's why you're here. Second part is, number two, does my life matter? I really, 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 really pray you guys get this. Because you think about kids that cut at school, <clears throat> attempt suicide, and actually achieve that level and they take their own life. A lot of times I believe it's because they don't think they matter. And I want every one of you to remember this so that you believe it in your own heart but that you will share it with others at school. To God, your life definitely matters. It matters, and we know this because God created me to love me. It says in Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with, my love, with loving kindness. Jeremiah was considered the weeping prophet. You want to talk about a guy who had a horribly rough life? He preached, the Bible teaches us, he preached for 40 or 50 years and not one person ever repented and come to the Lord. That would be like me preaching for 40 or 50 years in the high school room and not one of you ever listening to me. 
Jeremiah knew what it was like to be by himself. And that's where God says, I have created you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. And how we know how much he loves us, do you guys know how you do that? Through his love letter to you. If you're not reading the Bible, you're not understanding the depth of God's love for you. And you will miss it. He cared about you enough to give his own son for you. And if you read the Bible, what you will understand is what agape love is. And simply put, a simple definition of agape love was Jesus Christ on the cross. He loved you enough to go to the cross for you and die for you so you'd have forgiveness of sin. Agape love is this. Look at me. It's not emotional love. I love you so much. It's not that. It's I love you because I choose to love you. And you will find how God has chosen to love you like we talked about last week. And you will understand how you can choose to love him back if you spend time in the word. And I, this is what amazes me about God. God doesn't just tell you that he loves you. Do you know that? In his word, he doesn't just tell you that he loves you. You know what he did? He showed his love by coming from heaven to earth in the form of a baby in a manger headed for a cross of Calvary to give his life for you. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Your life matters to the one who created you. You can look around school and you can be at home and it can be horribly disastrous. Everything around you is dark, but I want you to remember that your life matters to God. So when you're alone and you're thinking that nobody would even miss me if I was gone, your life on earth matters to God. And I want you guys, listen to me, I want you guys to take this message and share it in the hallways at your school. Because I believe when someone takes their life, when they turn that direction, what they've done is they've lost hope. They've put their hope in ending things rather than have, they put their hope in their circumstance rather than their hope in their Savior. Our hope as Christians is not in our circumstance. It's in a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Not only does he love you, but listen, he cares more than you'll ever understand, I believe. No, me too. He cares deeply for you. He tells us this in his word, cast all your cares upon him. It says, Peter, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And when it says cast your cares upon him, that anxiety that you have, that depth of I don't know what to do and you're in the throes of just darkness. Jesus says, Peter says through the Bible, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. But we gotta believe that, you guys. If we don't believe that, there's no action behind it. So when I've got a hard time in my life and all of a sudden I see this thing coming at me and I'm like, man, does anybody even care? I don't even, I've, more than you know, I've lived this life that I'm telling you tonight. There were times before I was a Christian that in all honesty, my wife should have taken me to the fifth floor. I was so lost and I was so hurting. So when I got to know the Lord and I understood that I got a father who just loves me, I embraced that. If you don't embrace this and when you're in the throes of life, you can't come to God on your face and just go and just lay it at his feet and go, Lord, I don't know what to do with this. It's killing me. It's too heavy for me. I can't carry it. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. But see, you have to embrace that idea. It's not something that God can just say unless you embrace that. 
and you embrace that by the inner work of the Holy Spirit of God, when I say yes to him and I'm forgiven of my sin and the Holy Spirit of God dwells in my heart, when I'm laying in bed at night, one, let, me, let me share this thought with you. I, I'm basically giving you my testimony. This was my life. This is how I live as a Christian. I don't know how else to do it other than to use the Bible and tell you my experiences. To this day, when I'm laying in bed at night, I will ask God just to hold me. Just put his arm around me and be there. Because there's so much stuff that I can't handle it. But I know he can. And one of the roles of the Holy Spirit of God, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is our helper and our comforter. And that word comfort means this. So when I'm laying in bed at night and tears are rolling down my cheeks and I don't know what to do, and it honestly just happened the other night, and life just gets heavy, and it happens when you're a Christian. And life gets heavy, and I lay in bed at night, and my wife is like, are you okay? I said, no, but I will be. And I ask God to hold me and help me and comfort me. And that word comfort, you know what it means? Strengthen. It's not like I just come up and give my wife a hug because I love her. God comes up and gives me a hug because he loves me, but then he picks me up and gives me the strength to endure to go on to his glory. I really want you guys to embrace some of these thoughts tonight because it's really going to help you. And yes, God has plans for you. God has plans for your life. And they change. Because when I was 40 years old, I was 45 years old, I never saw myself as a youth pastor. I was in business, working in the coal mine industry. I didn't know I was going to be standing in front of a bunch of high school kids. This would be my vocation. This would be my career. At the age of 49, when God goes, hey, guess what? No more living in both worlds. I'm taking you out of that world and putting you into ministry full time. 49 years old, I, would come, I was six-figure income. I'd hit the plateau. I had it going on. And when people in the, in the mining industry would ask me, what are you going to go do? I'm going to be a youth pastor. <laughs> I'm going to be a youth pastor. And you know what they would tell me? Good. It'll be a good thing that you're doing. So they understand how heavy it is for you guys, the world does, adults do, and how hard it is in high school. But here's what God's got planned for you. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I want to put this in the context. The Israelites have been taken captive in Babylon for years. And while they were captive, slaves in a, in a foreign land under King Nebuchadnezzar, in Jeremiah 29, 11, you guys know the scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now think about where these guys were at. Listen, 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 listen close. Think about where they were at. They were in a foreign land as slaves under King Nebuchadnezzar, who was not a nice guy. Things were not going well for them. And here God comes along and goes, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to give you a hope, and not to harm you, but to give you a future. And they got to be thinking, really? You look around, and they're in a foreign land, and they're not anywhere close to getting out yet, but by faith, they believe that it was true. Bottom line is this, you matter to God. Do you know why you matter to God? Because you're his kids. You're his children. I love my three kids with all my heart. Jennifer and Tyler and Taylor. Why? Because they're my kids. Do you realize you're children? You're God's children and he mat you matter to him never forget that he loves you he cares for you he's got plans for you but most of that more than that you matter to him because you're his
The third point is this. What is my purpose? I want to, this is the, you guys, this is not going to be deep theological thought. Because I want to give this to you guys like we know who Jesus is. And Jesus says we're his children. We're God's children. And here's what our purpose is. The first thing is you have to know your creator to know your purpose. Everyone else is just guessing. The mythological look, the psychological look, the the mystical look, the atheist look, the self-help look, they're guessing. They don't know for sure. The Bible says for sure. So you have to know your creator before you know your purpose. And you know your creator through this, the Bible. And by coming to youth group and going to church and praying and listening to God, you get to know your creator. We have a purpose and everything God has made has purpose. And you were born for such a time as this. Do you realize you're born for such a time as this? You're not born by accident in 2020 where you're freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors in high school. You're born for this. And do you know why I'm, do you know why I'm nagging you? Because I'm 57 years old and you guys are my future. Do you guys understand that? The weight that is laid upon you? That you're the future of America? How you live out this Christian experience is going to determine the kind of America I'm going to live in 10, 15, 20 years from now? Do you guys know that? That should blow your mind a little bit, shouldn't it? Better know him. I'm counting on you guys knowing him and making decisions to live in your life for his glory because that's what we're going to talk about. Psalm 1611, now listen close to this. <clears throat> we have a purpose. We know God's, God shows us a purpose. We're born for such a time as this. This is what Psalm 1611 says it this way. You, being God, will show me the way of life. See why we got to know him? Because God will show you the way of life. Granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of, your, of living with you forever. So you got to know the creator because he's going to show you the plan, the way for your life. Here's what you do. You want to know what your purpose is? It's simply put this way. Glorify God. That's it. It's not rocket science. So tomorrow if somebody comes up to school and they ask you why, you, why are you here and what's your purpose? It's to glorify God. How that's lived out looks differently. Our purpose is found in glorifying him. How should we... How, how do we show the whole world that he is glorious? By loving him and obeying him and doing what he says. Colossians 3.17 says it this way. Everything you do in word and deed, do it through Christ Jesus to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says it this way. Whatever you eat and whatever you drink and everything you do, do it to the glory of God. So if you want to know what your purpose in life is, that's it. Glorify God. It's no harder than that. We were created to glorify God, to love God, and to adore Him. Matthew, I'm going to give you a couple scriptures you can hang on to. Matthew 5.16 says it this way, Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Isaiah 43.7 says, Everyone who is called by my name, who I have created for my glory, whom I have formed and made. Revelations 4.11, all the way through the Bible, Worthy are you, our Lord and God to receive glory and power forever. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Ephesians 2.10 says this, I like this one, for we are God's handiwork. <laughs> you ever looked in the mirror in the morning? When you get up tomorrow morning, you get ready for school, go, I'm God's handiwork. <laughs> and he didn't make a mistake. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for you. Last one, Psalm 86, 12. 
I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. God wants to use you. God wants to use you to glorify him. Me doesn't need us. He's God. But he chose to use you to glorify him. You are not a mistake. You matter. You were born for such a purpose, and that purpose is to simply do this, glorify God. I know who Jesus is. He's God. I know who God says I am. I'm a child of God. And now, tonight, we know our purpose. It's to glorify him. Simply put, turn your small group tables, go over some of the answers, to the qu- go over some of those questions, and we'll come back up and close here in just a minute. Okay. Now watch this. Tonight we learned about our purpose. Every person in this room who is a Christian, you now know your purpose. You know why you're here. It's to bring glory to God. That's it. As children of God, we're going to bring glory to God. I hope you guys know why you're here and what your purpose is, but I really want you guys to get your arms around this fact that you matter to God more than you'll ever understand. But now that we know our purpose is to bring glory to Him, each individual sitting at each one of these tables is going to live that out differently. God's going to call you and steer you and open doors in different directions. Athletes, students, band, drama, whatever you're in in school, your whole goal is ask yourself this question. Does this bring glory to God? In my behavior, my language, what I'm watching on television, what I'm doing while I'm competing, does this bring glory to God? If it does, you're fulfilling your purpose. If not, you know you're missing it. So you get back to that mark again. Does that make sense to you guys? That is the rock that I want you guys to be able to stand on in your life, that Jesus is the Messiah. I am a child of God according to what he says about me, and my purpose is to glorify him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. And I am so grateful, Lord, that we have an opportunity to get together and just to talk about you, to look into the truth of your word and see who you are so that we know who we are and we can live this life out. So, Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just camp on this topic with us for a time. Don't let this just go away when we walk out the door, Lord. And when somebody comes up from now on and asks you, why are you here or what's your purpose? Help us not to be afraid, to, to just share, to bring glory to God, the one who loves me and created me. So, Father, you're good. We thank you for the time together, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, do not forget who you are.